welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey leaders, Andrew here. With me, of course, is Tim Elmore. How are you today, Tim? I'm very, very well. Awesome. Better, than, better than usual. All right. How about you? Better than usual? I guess so. Yeah, okay. why not? Let's do uh, it. Well, let's just declare it. Well, I'm excited uh, about this conversation because we're talking about social and emotional learning, which is mm -hmm. a big topic, I think, so on the minds of a lot of school leaders, and it's definitely on our minds here at Growing Leaders. But we're also talking about that feeling that so yeah. many of us have today where the job we signed up for and the job we actually have kind of feel like two different roles. Yeah. So we're almost like surprised when we actually arrive and we're doing something that maybe we didn't expect to do. So you and I were reminiscing and you told me a hilarious story yeah. about when this happened to you. So I wonder if you could take us back in time a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this was several years ago, but I was asked to speak at a summer youth camp. And I actually did several of those back in the day. But I went up to Oregon and I was looking forward to it. I had my talks all ready to go. I was ready to spend some time with the students. But um, quickly realized in the first staff meeting that not everybody on staff had showed up. And so my job description grew. I it was, was the their, speaker. Their staff. That's you were right. just supposed to be the speaker. That's right. Yeah, I was the outsider, I think, yeah. last time I checked. But they they needed someone to work the kitchen. So I was one of the kitchen workers. <laughs> they needed someone to raise the flag in the morning. I, 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 all right, I'll, I'll do that. I'll get up early and do that. Uh, then I had to help lead discussions in the cabin as well as speak twice a day. And I, I remember by day three, I think it was, out of a six-day camp, I said, could, could you just let me know if there's anything else that you think you're going to need? Because I want to kind of psych myself up. I tried not to sound patronizing, but I was a little frustrated. Yeah. The job was way bigger than what I thought I had agreed to. Yeah. But you've had your own version of this, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, certainly not that much. Like, I'm just laughing at you, like, flipping hamburgers. And you're like, yeah. oh, actually, I got to go. Yeah. I got to go speak. <laughs> like yeah. 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 I remember years ago, it was early in my speaking career. In fact, I was traveling with a group of people. and We were all talking. So it was kind of like one leader and a bunch of college students. And we showed up at this weekend retreat that we were leading, right? We were supposed to be the speakers. Well, once we got there and we were like, where are we gonna stay? Well, they're like, oh, well actually, each of you is gonna stay in a different place. Every one of the college students is gonna stay in a room with students. With the campers. You're yeah. you're the chaperone, okay? Yeah. So unbeknownst to us, we arrive at this and I got put into a, a room full of bunk beds and middle school boys. Of course. So it's me and literally 20 middle school boys I had never met before and I'm <laughs> yeah. responsible for them. And then we're also leading. So yeah, yeah it was just pure chaos. Yeah. So we bring this up because in many ways, the SEL responsibility that's yeah. fallen to teachers feels a little bit like this, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I mean, you and I have both been in, you know, been at events where we're talking about the need for SEL and you've got a science teacher or a math teacher yeah. and they're throwing their hands in the air going, whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking about social skills and emotional. Yeah. I signed up to teach science. Yeah. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. And I think that experience is really felt by a lot of folks. And we th that's not us not seeing the need, right? The science right. teacher sees the need for no that. Doubt. They're just asking the question, why is it me? Yeah. <laughs> why am I responsible for yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I'll give you a specific example. So last month, I asked a group of educators a question, uh, and their answer was very revealing. It was 21 teachers who are actually teaching our Habitudes for Social-Emotional Learning curriculum. Yeah. And they agreed they really like it and they love the conversations it, it sparks. But here was a summary of them, and I'm going to quote this. Uh, one teacher said, whenever I teach social and emotional skills, it inevitably 
brings up emotional issues like conflict resolution or anger management. And it's at that point, I feel like I need to be a therapist to handle the topic. Yeah. And I feel ill-equipped to do that. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't even complaining as much as saying, I'm afraid they got the wrong girl or the wrong guy here yeah. for this job. Yeah. And isn't that, I mean, frankly, I hear that and I go, I totally understand that. First of all, <laughs> SEL conversations are supposed to bring up those issues, yeah, right? Yeah. And when you get into that territory, all of a sudden you start wondering, am I actually qualified this? Especially because you're in a context where you worked really hard yeah. to make sure you were qualified to teach the subject you are, but now it feels like you haven't had that same level of training or no development doubt. in order to get to all the subjects you're teaching. Well, I'm aware of some high school principals that have said, we tried it with all of our teachers. They so weren't good at it or didn't want to do it yeah. or whatever that they assigned just the two counselors in the school. So the counselors were making their way around. Well, that was an overload for two people, Absolutely, not yeah. much less 25 people. So yeah, it's created a, a speed bump, even though we all say we know it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So I think lots of teachers kind of find themselves in this place. So I mentioned yeah. math teachers and science teachers, and no matter where they are, they might find themselves in this situation where they're going, yeah, I think this is really important, but this isn't the job I signed up for. Yeah. So in summary, they believe social emotional literacy is essential yep. for students today, but they admit this is more than they signed up for. That's kind of the case we're making. Um, the landscape of students this year in 2022 is even evolving yeah. and changing. Yeah. Um, Ed Week editor Sarah Sparks wrote this, and I quote, from the very first waves of school closures and lockdowns in 2020, the pandemic significantly damaged children's mental health in ways that teachers are still coping with and researchers are still struggling to understand. Yeah. A recent analysis of research across 11 countries, including the U.S., in the journal JAMA, J-A-M-A, Pediatrics, found widespread anxiety and depression among those 19 and younger in the earliest days of the pandemic. And it's been exacerbated by the greater screen time and the less physical activity. Yep. So if we're not moving where we get the endorphins flowing, we're sitting in front of a screen where we're not learning EQ. Yep. It's, it's hitting us just, both ways. Oh, yeah. it's a perfect storm of bad yeah, elements. Right. Is. Yeah. So um, I think, Andrew, it is not unfair or unrealistic to say that sometimes we feel SEL is expecting us to be these metaphors we used. Therapists, politicians, or parents. Yes. And if you don't mind, I'd love to just take a minute before we talk about solutions yeah. to say, what do we mean by the therapist, the politician, and the and the parent? I think this is great because I, I think there is a way, and we're going to get to this, there is a way to approach this SEL thing without having to put on these hats. And so I think it's important that we break these down so we understand yeah. why it doesn't have to be this way. So this might be intuitive for listeners, but the therapist role is one thing we feel like. Yeah. I turned into a counselor. Yeah, that's what we most class. often hear. Yeah. Yeah. So our problem, uh, writes author Pontagio, is this, and I quote him, regardless of good intent, teachers are not mental health professionals, counselors, or clergy. Yep. That was well put, I felt. They should not be asked, nor is there any reason to expect them to perform comp competently in these roles. Yep. With every new demand or concern placed in their laps uh, of schools and teachers, the likelihood decreases that they'll be effective at any one of them. Mm. And that we've talked to our own teachers that say, I just don't think I can do one more thing yeah. in this classroom. Yeah. So one last statement, though. I'd love to get your feedback on this. I think, this is me, the fact is that seeking the emotional health of our students can create a better learning environment and better outcomes. Absolutely. So even though we don't think we're good at it, 
it does make for a better academic experience. Well, this is a great example of this, right? When you say you have a spouse and your spouse comes home, they had a really hard day at work and they start telling you about, I had this emotional conflict with somebody. I struggled with this social issue, right? And you start processing that with them. You don't have to be a counselor mm -hmm. or a therapist in order to be married to this person yeah. and have that conversation. The same thing is true yeah. in this context, right? Yeah. It may feel like we're stepping into the shoes of a therapist. And I think the big reason why is it's a professional environment and those are somebody else's kids, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. But I do think there is space to be made without us stepping into that role of a therapist for us to, to be able to have conversations about social skills and emotional issues and other things like that. I agree, I agree. So the second metaphor we gave listeners is politicians. Yeah. You might say, why in the world did you bring that one up? Well, in some states, this issue is in debate. It is, we're hearing more and more about it. Yeah, different states, in fact. People on the far side of one political perspective uh, feel like SEL is an excuse by the other side to indoctrinate students with woke ideology, critical race theory, et cetera. Of course, others have completely different angles on SEL curriculum. Yep. So we have wonderful people on both sides of this issue. Um, here at Growing Leaders, we view building social and emotional skills as an act of personal growth, not politics. Yeah. In fact, I understand a political debate, but I go, this isn't that. We're not even let's, in the same ballpark yeah, here. Let's yeah. not cloud the issue. And yeah. the students are victims because we were debating at another level and they're going, I just need to get through the day. Yeah. Would you help me manage my internal conflict here? So um, they will be set up to solve problems and serve people better if they learn SEL and we forget the politics for just a little bit. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what your political ideology, if you care about students, you have to care about growing them, not just cognitively, yeah. but emotionally and socially. In fact, the reason, uh, ironically, I think that so many times we get grounded into these wild political debates and unable to have civil discourse and conversation mm -hmm. is often because the people in question are lacking social and emotional yeah. skills, right? It's ironic. So yeah. the very, I think, issues that are causing us to not, to people to say these are not yeah. conversations that need to be had in schools, I think are often hindering it. This is ultimately, uh, is us believing that we should be developing emotional intelligence and social skills in our students. And yeah. we believe that that's gonna make them successful today and into the future. That's not a political issue. That's a personal growth issue. Absolutely. And so you absolutely do not need to have that politician hat on to have these conversations. Yeah. So the third metaphor we mentioned in the title is the parent thing. Yeah. Uh, many teachers we speak to about SEL wonder a very obvious question. Aren't these the skills that parents are supposed to be covering at dinner time at home or yeah. whatever? Yeah. And it's true. In a perfect world, mom and dad are having great conversations and they're teaching these social skills and emotional skills. But you and I both know it's it's not many, in many places, not all. It's just not happening. Either yeah. there's a single parent leading the home and they're busy with a job, maybe two jobs, yeah. or both parents are working. Um, but in, 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 in those cases, the parents have just somehow seconded the job of teaching these skill sets to the parents. So I talk to more and more teachers that go, yeah, I'm supposed to teach morals and ethics. I'm supposed to be social emotional skills. I'm supposed to be, you know, this chaplain over here and, you know, and it does feel it's like a lot. Much, My yeah. heart goes out to the teachers that feel like I have to be the chief cook and bottle washer, you know, and I yeah. just don't think I can do one more thing. Yeah, it is important to note, and I think you mentioned it, but uh, it, when we're putting on the hat of the teacher, which is the hat we're expected to wear, right? Uh, we realize that having these conversations is as important to the classroom, actually, as it is to the child in the home, right? Yeah. Uh, 
tons of research has shown that if we uh, develop these social emotional skills, it helps them with the hard skills too. So uh, often it looks like the world of parents. And like you said, in a perfect world, it would be. But the reality is it's just as important for the classroom as it is yeah. for the home life. Yeah, that's right. Be great if both were echoing the other. Absolutely. So is it possible? To teach social emotional skills without being a counselor, politician, or parent, we we obviously think so. Absolutely. So we want to get into that in just a minute. But first, we've got a great resource that goes right in line with the conversation that we're having today. Uh, it's a it's an element of our habitudes. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's take a quick break and talk about that, and we'll come right back. Hey guys, Andrew here. I'd like to talk to you about one of our habitudes resources called Habitudes for New Professionals. Since our inception, we at Growing Leaders have been passionately working to build leadership and life skills in the emerging generations. And while we started by focusing on students in educational environments, several years ago, we discovered that one of the most common places that young people are having to learn life skills fast is actually the workplace. Time and again, we heard from HR professionals who told us that the young people they were hiring right out of high school and college were incredibly smart but were unready for leading themselves well in the workplace. That's when we got an idea for Habitudes for New Professionals. Using metaphors that align with their season of life, Habitudes for New Professionals helps young leaders build life skills like self-awareness, personal discipline, empathy, teamwork, and responsible decision-making as they begin their careers. We believe in this resource so much that we use it ourselves with our summer interns each year. To buy Habitudes for New Professionals workbooks for your team, simply go to growingleaders.com slash store or click the link in the description. All right, we're back, Tim. So help us think through uh, how do we teach these SEL skills without wearing one of these hats that we've talked about, counselor, politician, parent. Yeah. How do we do it? Well, I got one solution to this dilemma from a homeschool mom. So she had taught in the classroom at one point. Now she had so many children. She thought, these are my kids and I'm going to teach them. So um, she asked to be, remain anonymous. So I'm not going to share her name. But this mother is actually a teacher by trade, but choosing to focus on educating her own six children. So that's quite the classroom right that's there. That's a job right there. Yeah. yeah. So she admitted, and I'm going to read this now. She admitted it was impossible for her to keep up with such an age range among so many kids, six kids. But when she gave up her traditional style of teaching, underscore, yes. if she gave up her traditional style of teaching, she experienced a breakthrough. In fact, she said, and I quote, I was still in the old paradigm of teacher imparts knowledge and students imbibe predigested information. <laughs> yes. In a surprising twist, I realized that the ideal teacher for the child can be found within. As in within the child. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So she began to nudge her kids to practice metacognition and yeah. really own yeah. their growth. And those kids began to help themselves and each other and didn't require this sage on the stage to do it for them. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And we've been talking about this for many years. And I think this is sort of the breakthrough is like, every teacher feels like, well, I can't talk about this because I'm not an expert in it. Yeah. Well, guess what? You don't have to be. Yeah. Right? In fact, perhaps the best way to do it is not to play the role of the expert That's right. at all. In fact, it's better that you're not. Yeah. Because if you are, they'll go, okay, great. You'll just help me. Because yeah. I know you want me to succeed. Mm -hmm. Help me. Yep. So this, this teacher friend goes on. She said, my friend's daughter loves artwork, but this mom has no graphic design background. So daughter loves artwork. She didn't know anything about artwork. Okay. Check this out. 
She felt she was failing her daughter until she heard that many aspiring artists take an anatomy course to learn how to better depict the human body. When she suggested this to her daughter, the young girl rolled her eyes and showed her mom that she was already searching websites on how to draw a <laughs> knee and an elbow since that's where she was stuck. Eureka. She was teaching herself. She was. Yeah. And you can today. We yeah. have Google as our, as our instructor. So when the daughter had no one to provide the answer, she found it herself. Maybe that's how we ought to be teaching in this 21st century. Um, the mom said later, and I quote, I now see that children are naturally curious. Yep. Our job is to be available as guides and guardrails. I love, I love those words, guides yeah. and guardrails. So we have some action steps we want to give you. Yeah, absolutely. I love this conversation because it is us getting into the right frame of mind to realize how our students are actually going to learn this stuff. So you've got five simple steps for us to sort of We've got our example, but how do we actually do it? So if I'm that teacher who's out there and I'm asking the question, okay, how do I how do I follow in this sort of metacognition, uh, you know, line of thinking, yeah. but apply it to this SEL conversation? So yeah. walk us through five ideas. Okay. So the first one is a real simple step, but I don't think you need to go on to number two unless you do number one. It's understand the fundamentals. Mm. So let's say you're a teacher listening and you would say, yeah, I keep hearing SEL and our school is trying to do SEL. Well, um, we need to refuse to be intimidated. It's not hard to understand. Yeah. Refuse to be intimidated by what you don't know about SEL. Learn the core competencies. And Andrew, you and I can, it's like the back of our hand now. Yes. Learn the core competencies of self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship management, and responsible decision-making. I'll say that again. Self-awareness. Okay, I'm aware of how I come across. Uh, Self-management, I can manage my emotions and do what I need to do, even when I don't feel like it. Social awareness, I'm aware of how others around me are connected or disconnected. Relationship management, I can manage the primary relationships of my life. And then responsible decision-making. I can make wise choices, just like my mama tells me when I leave for school every day. Yeah. Pam, my wife, Pam, make wise choices, make wise choices. <laughs> my kids are making fun of her even to this day at, uh -huh. at yep. 30 and 34 years old. Make wise choices. But she you was know? teaching a competency. She was. And they did, thanks to mom, you know, haranguing them every day. So I would just say, listeners, don't get intimidated. Know the fundamentals. Pass dribble shoot. If it's basketball, this is pass dribble shoot. Absolutely. Get those down and you're off. You're at least halfway to the goal. Yeah. Lots of people here, because, uh, uh, you know, under those, at least for Castle, the sort of um, the collective for academic, social, emotional learning, they have these five core competencies and then they have 31 sub competencies yeah. under. Yeah. And so we look at that and we go, oh, well, I don't know all of them. So I must not, I don't know all of them. You yeah. know, I look yeah. them up too. So yeah. I think if you've got those five core fundamentals and you kind of know, here's what we're trying to attempt to yes. do yeah. at a base level, you're going to be good for 95% of the conversations yeah. you're going to be having. Yeah. I tend to agree. And a lot of it is common sense yes. because of that. Yeah. All right. The second step we would advise is when a deeper issue does arise, journey together to search for a solution. So be a fellow learner. Just admit it. Hey, let's learn this together. Yeah. You don't need to say, uh, hang tight, gang. I'll yeah. try to you know, search the... Just going to go spend some time on my computer and come back <laughs> yeah, with an answer. That's right. Yeah. So I think you know, kids can sniff out a fake a mile away. Yeah. So be a fellow learner. When a complicated issue surfaces, smile and say, let's figure that out together. And have your students search websites. Uh, ask your school's counselor to join you the next day to yeah. address the issue or role play with your students to gain insight. Some of it's going to pop up as you role play and go, 
oh, I wouldn't say that in that situation. I would say this to get the right response. Yeah, absolutely. One of the questions I love to ask when a, when something comes up and I don't exactly know how to do it is I lean on the expertise of the room, right? Yeah. So in a, right. ca a case like this, I would say, that's a really interesting question. I'm actually not really sure. Has anyone else in the room yes. ever been in a scenario where you yeah. had this happen? And oftentimes that will lead to the discussion and the answer that you're it's looking no, for. There's no doubt. There was a great book that came out years ago called The Wisdom of Crowds. And the premise of the book, even though it's not talking about kids, it was talking about adults, is it's amazing when you get a crowd together, they tend to police each other a bit. Not yeah, always, but yeah. there's common sense wisdom in groups. A class is a group. So lean on it. I love it. Uh, the third step or uh, idea is trust your parental teacher instincts. So when you don't know the information, just like if you didn't know a piece of information from history, don't make it up. But I think there's some instincts inside of us as caring adults that are naturally going to guide us to pretty good common sense solutions. I mentioned common sense more than once here. Often responding to these difficult topics requires good common sense, which come from your instincts as a leader and parent. If you have kids of your own, what would you say to them yep. in the same situation? And then bounce that off of a counselor later. You, that that yeah. counselor might go, here's what I said. You yeah. need to amend that. But, <laughs> but, but I think that's a good place to start. I agree. Especially, just, we've talked about so many times when you think about engaging with the next generation on topics like this, the number one thing you can do is be authentic, right? It's yeah. authenticity. And that's what we're doing is we're leaning on who we are. We're telling stories from our lives. Yeah. And I think that's where those natural instincts are going to probably lead us to the right place. Yeah. The next step is when it doesn't lead to the right place. Yeah. <laughs> don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. I've learned to do that. When I started my career teaching students, I felt like I had to be Superman, put my cape on almost, yeah. and fly to save Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. And it's just not true. Yeah. And I think students appreciate it when we say, now, I hope we don't say it every time to every question. They're yes. going, why yeah. are you in charge? Do you get paid for this? <laughs> but um, thank you for laughing at that stupid yeah, joke. Um, I believe your supervisor or school administrator would rather you acknowledge you don't know an answer than to fake one that may harm a student's mental health. At times, just admit you're a lifelong learner. You need to research and get back to them the next day or the next week. Completely yeah. agree. It goes back to that authenticity thing, yeah, right? It does. Be yeah. honest about where you're what the situation is. That's right. So the next one, uh, do not negate students' emotions, just translate. So yeah. don't negate, translate. Here's Love what it. we mean by that. Um, author Adam Sands, who we both appreciate, yes. reminds us of this truth. Um, and, and I'm going to quote him now. Adam says, a basic principle in therapy is that emotions are neither right nor wrong. They simply are. Yep. Any individual has the right to feel anything in response to any stimulus. Our job is not to judge the appropriateness of the emotion, but to show interest in it, which ultimately positions us to be most effective in our instruction of how the emotional uh, can can be the emotion can be released or or what the landscape is. Uh, when we invalidate emotion, we teach students that they cannot trust their emotional landscape, and that's yeah. what we don't want to do. The inferred message that they get is that something is wrong with my emotions, something must be wrong with me. Yep. The number one thing that um, counselors say today that they hear from clients that walk in, what's wrong with me? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Yeah. So we all have that sense, I must be unusual. Yep. And most of the time, no, you're not unusual, you're, not you're unusual. quite normal. Yep. Yeah. You just haven't heard somebody else vocalize exactly how you feel. That doesn't mean they, they don't. This is such a great reminder. There's a big difference between the emotions I feel and what I do with the yes, emotions that I right. feel. that's right, good point. Yeah. It's not wrong for a fifth grader in your classroom to be angry. Yeah. That's a very healthy emotion. Mm -hmm. Now, an outburst 
because mm-hmm. they're angry, that's not healthy, right? Yeah. And that would be the action is what you address, not the emotion. Yeah. It's not wrong for them to be angry. It's yeah. wrong for them to not know how to manage that anger yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. Good. The last item I'd give you, and I realize these are very much common sense wisdom, but um, here it is. Prepare your students to depend on the teacher within them. This is my favorite idea, and I just say it to you on any subject, not just SEL. Uh, Young people are naturally curious and have a teacher inside of themselves. That idea was brought up earlier by that mom, that homeschool teacher. Uh, Smartphones have conditioned them to be self-reliant for searches. That's a good thing. Guard them against fake news, but equip them to be resourceful and teach themselves the life skills they need. Love it. If you're having a hard time managing your anger or you're losing your temper, figure out there's something. Actually, yeah. there's several things yep. on YouTube uh, on that or or other places. Yeah, but you're probably going to be the one who comes up with the most effective solution because yeah. you know you yeah. better than anybody else. Andrew, one of my favorite quotes, and I'll kind of wrap up with this. Someone once said to me, the advice you need most can almost always come from yourself. Mm. The advice you need most can almost always come from yourself. Remember the teacher your students need may well be right inside of them. I love that, I love that. Well, as you and I were talking about the value and the benefit of this SEL thing, right? In different schools, we were talking about different schools that we've had interactions with. Over the years, we've been doing this social and emotional learning thing. uh, And we both thought of schools. Yeah, uh, well, I thought of Fayette County schools or just south of Atlanta. Uh, good folks down there in that county, but they had all of their freshman students in the district go through habitudes for social and emotional reasons. They just wanted to, you know, see disciplinary uh, actions cut down and see behavior go up and attention and retention and and student engagement. And they saw a breakthrough. Uh, When they began using habitudes, they just saw disciplines go down. And they said the only thing that was different this year than last year was the use of habitude. So yeah. we were quite encouraged by that. I love that. I was reminded of our, our friends out at Travis High School outside of Houston, Texas. Yeah. Julie Diaz was the principal there at that time. And when she came into Travis High School, she was looking to make changes because yeah. they were experiencing a lot of issues. Yeah. There were over 3,000 disciplinary instances of first wow. Uh, year that she was there. And she knew things needed to change because it wasn't just kids getting in trouble. It was them not showing up or showing up to school and not going to class, all kinds of different issues. And she decided the only change that was going to stick was a change from the inside out. So she started bringing habitudes to the school, but she actually did it first with a group of students who said, I want to be leaders in the school. She gathered them at lunchtime on Tuesdays and started teaching them habitudes. And then it spread to the classrooms where the students were helping to lead it. And what happened is over a two-year period, and she said, we did a couple of things, but habitudes was the main thing, and they're developing these social and emotional skills. Over that two-year period, they saw disciplinary instances just absolutely plummet. So year two, it went from 3,000 to 1,300. Wow. Year three, it went to 889. Oh, my goodness. And it just kind of declined from there. And it was such a great reminder of we often think of, okay, the social emotional skills is just therapy in the classroom. But that's not what happened. Yeah. Uh, It was so much more than that. Well, Tim, thank you so much for leading us in this conversation. This is so important, and we've got to start doing this more often. You guys already heard about it, but I commend to you Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning. Definitely check that out if you haven't. Well, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That'll help get the word out about what we're doing here. Uh, If you found it useful, pass it along to somebody that you know. We'd love for you to do that. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, 
podcasts, uh, people you think we should interview, conversations you think we should have, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Thanks, Tim, once again. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again. Mm-hmm.